0: You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. It's time to get an update on what's happening with the persecuted church with Todd Nettleton of Voice of the Martyrs. Good morning, Todd.
1: Good morning.
2: Well, we're grateful to get the time to chat with you again. I know that, uh, you know, as we step into this new year, we always have hopes that things are going to get better. But I wanted to begin with a change of classification that VOM has made to one of the larger nations in the world. Uh, tell us a little bit about this discouraging bit of news.
1: Yeah, this, this is a little bit unfortunate, I think, if for the nation of India. And for those who get the Voice of the Martyrs magazine, uh, you are literally any day now going to receive a package in your mailbox that will include a report about why we've made this decision. We have reclassified India under our classification system as a restricted nation. So we talk about persecution of Christians in restricted nations or hostile areas. And the, the biggest differentiator between those two is who does the persecution. In a restricted nation, it is the government that is the primary persecutor. And unfortunately, that has become the case in India. The government is driving the persecution. The government is uh, allowing persecution to happen. And even, like I say, they're, they're instigating it. Uh, And so we have decided to make this change, and uh, it really does represent a a sad day in India because India's constitution promises religious freedom. Uh, India has always been a secular nation. They, At the very foundation was said, we're not going to favor one religion over another. Uh, But Prime Minister Modi has brought this Hindu nationalist ideology into power in the government, uh, and it really has changed the country.
0: Oh, I know there was some talk quite a while back, and we, you know, we had discussed this with you that they were wanting to make India entirely a Hindu nation. And yeah. there was talk of rounding up Christians and Muslims and anyone else and anybody who was not Hindu and essentially putting them in some sort of a camp, sequestering them away from the rest of the population. Have we heard anything um, at all about whatever happened with that? Uh, that initiative? Are are they still looking at doing that? I mean, uh, persecution is persecution.
1: Persecution is persecution. Right now, they're not talking openly about that. Uh, but one of the very significant things that's going to happen in India in just a couple months, in April and then into May, they have national elections coming up. And Prime Minister Modi, who has served two terms, uh, and we have seen religious freedom go down, 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 and persecution of Christians go up, up, up during his first two terms, he is running for a third term. Uh, If he wins that election, and, and it is widely expected that he and his party will maintain control of the government, Uh, that gives him five more years uh, to put in ideas like you talked about, maybe to put in the idea of a national anti-conversion law. They've talked about that as well. Um, And so people are watching this election. Christians in India certainly are watching this election. uh, But Modi is expected to win, uh, and and he positions himself as – I am the defender of Hinduism. Uh, India, the the majority of the people are Hindu, and he is saying, look, I'm the guy who will defend you. These other religions are coming after us, but I'm the guy who will defend you. Um, and like I say, that that's expected to win him a third term as prime minister.
0: Todd, at what point, you know, as things, let's just say, and hopefully they will not, we've got to pray over what's happening in India because prayer does make a difference. But if things are allowed to progress in India, at what point would – do you even think it would be possible that India would restrict who is allowed to come into their country?
1: Uh, There are some restrictions now, Uh, and in fact, Christians, some Christian workers have been – escorted out of the country. I think that's a fair way of saying it. There are certainly people who have been there before and their visas were not renewed. And so they were told, oh, sorry, uh, your time here is up. Uh, Compassion International, the the Indian government made it so difficult for their work with children in India that they literally pulled up stakes and left the country. They no longer work in India. Um, So the the government has made some of those steps. um, And like, Like I say, when you see now the possibility of a third term and what they would certainly consider a a mandate from from the people of India, um, it is very easy to see more of those steps being taken if if this election goes the way it's expected to. man,
2: Man, you know, when I think of that, uh, it's it's so difficult because, you know, it hits when you say something like an organization as large as compassion needs to withdraw from that particular country because they can't function. They're crippled in such a way that the government really isn't saying, well, we kicked you out, but they make it impossible for you to be there.
1: They make it very difficult for you to be there. And, you know, I think about some of the anti-conversion laws are are just laughable the way they're written. It, It is literally, it's almost impossible to follow the law. Well then they can arrest you. Then you can go to jail. You didn't follow the law. Well, one of the one of the state's anti-conversion laws says if you want to talk to someone about changing their religion, you need to register 6 months in advance of that conversation with the local magistrate. So, you know, we're in January. 6 months from now is July. So, I want to I want to talk to my neighbor in July about Jesus. I need to go to the courthouse today and and get, you know, sign up with someone hey in July on 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 July the 26th, I'm going to talk to my neighbor about Jesus. Yeah. But if I haven't done that, so any conversation like that suddenly that's illegal. Now I can go to jail. Well, you were trying to entice your neighbor. You were bribing your neighbor to change their faith. That's against the law. Those kind of things and you know, like I say, it's just when you look at actually how the, the text of the laws are written, it is very specifically designed not to allow Christian ministry, not to allow people to choose their own faith. That is the idea. that That's what the RSS, the Hindu nationalists, that's what they want.
2: That is just so disheartening. I mean, it's we understand that's the fallen nature of man to do these things, and we need to still be praying for those leaders in these governments uh, that Christ would be revealed to them, that their hearts would change, um, because that's really inward is the way that this is going to change. It has to be through these people, man.
0: I can't fathom having to live that way. Todd, um, talk about this uh, this new huge Hindu temple that uh, has been built, because you've, you've mentioned that Prime Minister Modi is going to be speaking at the dedication of this temple. What, what's, what's involved here? What do we need to be concerned about? I mean, obviously it's a Hindu temple, it's not a Christian church, but what are the implications for the people of Christ there because of this temple?
1: So we talked about Prime Minister Modi and his Hindu nationalist ideology. This is one more example of that. So on Monday, they had the dedication of a huge new Hindu temple in a city called Ayodhya uh, in India, Prime Minister Modi was there, presenting himself kind of as the religious leader of the country, which is also kind of an interesting dynamic. Uh, some of his political opponents didn't show up. They're like this—he's turned this into a political rally. I'm not going to go to that. And. But the interesting thing about this temple is it was built on the site of a mosque that was destroyed about 30 years ago in in communal violence. So Hindus attacked this mosque, they destroyed the mosque, and now the government of India has built a Hindu temple on top of that site. So Muslims are saying, "Wait a minute, that that was our that was our property. How can you now come in and build a Hindu temple?" Well, the message is very clear. We don't want Muslims in India. We don't want you to be here. So, of course, we're going to build a Hindu temple on top of this site. And then you have the prime minister of the whole country coming to the dedication, showing up. And again, we've got elections in in two months. So this is very much a political season in India. And he's saying, look... I'm helping Hinduism be ascendant. I'm helping Hinduism be superior. We have defeated these Muslims. We're building a temple over the side of where their mosque was. Hinduism is greater. Islam is lesser. And, and I'm the person who made that happen. Vote for me. Vote for me. That, that is really the message of this speech. I spoke with someone this week who is very familiar with work in India He said there are more places where this is about to happen. So there are places where there were mosques, and now the Indian government is saying, nope, we're going to build a Hindu temple. So Muslims in India are obviously very offended, very upset by this. Uh, But it is one more example. As you mentioned, the, the government position is India is a Hindu country. There are government leaders who literally talk about the soil of India is Hindu soil. And if you're not a Hindu, you really don't belong here. You should find someplace else to live, or you should become a Hindu. Uh, those those are your choices. And Prime Minister Modi certainly feels that way, and going to dedicate this temple on over top of a mosque, basically, well, that was the message of the whole event. Uh, and like I say, there's other places where this is scheduled to happen or in the process of happening, uh, and so... I was told there, there really is a potential for violence in the next few months. As Muslims are watching this, as we head into the election season, uh, India is kind of a tinderbox right now.
2: Man, that is just scary. I want to encourage people to be praying over that situation uh, for the people of India. You know, one of the things that uh, you had made mention to us was uh, Maldives. I was thinking isn't this really just a beautiful vacation spot in the middle of the ocean? And, you know, like that's the association that we in America have. But you say there's a need for Scripture there because of persecution. Tell us about the island chain and what's going on there.
1: Yeah, it, it is beautiful. And uh, every year I ask my boss if I can go and interview persecuted Christians in Maldives, and so far he said no. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a tough assignment when you have to go there. Maldives, though, a very interesting country. So the the constitution of the country says to be a citizen of the Maldives, you must be a Sunni Muslim. So once you leave behind Sunni Islam, you are no longer, you're literally giving up your citizenship in the Maldives. Uh, and there are not very many people who have done this. There are estimates that, you know, less than 100 Maldivian Christians in the world. So certainly something we want to pray for. The other thing, and we just had a kind of a report about this at the office, there has been in the process for about 30 years, they've been trying to translate the scriptures into the Maldivian language. And if you look back over those 30 years, you see a lot of death among the people who have been involved in this translation process. Oh, somebody gets cancer very suddenly, and it's it's very serious, and they die. Multiple people who have been involved in this have died, like I say, very suddenly, while involved in this translation process. And, you know, as soon as I heard that, I thought, this is not a health battle. This is a spiritual battle. Yeah. The, the Satan does not want the Bible to be available to the Maldivian people, and he is doing everything in his power to defeat that. So I want to encourage listeners to just pray specifically for the country of the Maldives And especially for the Bible translation process, because it is a spiritual battle, and we, through our prayers, we can enter into that spiritual battle. We can help in this process. And so, uh, just pray. There is a lot of uh, family persecution when someone even expresses interest in Christianity. Hey, I want to know more. Hey, I was on a Christian website the family, and even then beyond that, the government's like, whoa, wait, you can't look at that. You, We we can't be Christians. We are Sunni Muslims. Uh, and so it is a very difficult place for the gospel to spread, um, and I hope people will put it on their prayer lists.
0: Hmm. Well, I think in all the time we've been talking, this is the first time that I recall we've discussed the Maldives. So, Yeah. Man, another place on the list to to be praying about. Um, Todd, we'll we'll be asking you in just a minute, because we started our program today with prayer for the persecuted church, and we'll ask you in just a minute if you would would lead us in prayer also for our brothers and sisters. But... um, Talk about what what you're going to be discussing on Voice of the Martyrs Radio this Sunday at 8.30 on Moody Radio. We've invited people uh, through the program this morning to tune in and trying to encourage them to listen. I know that you do talk with uh, members of the persecuted church, and we would love for people to become acquainted firsthand with some of those brothers and sisters and, and learn what it is you're doing to help.
1: Well, we are going to talk with Brother Paul. He is the leader of YWAM in Nigeria, and uh, he's going to talk about uh, some of the work that YWAM is doing, some of the work that VOM is cooperating with them on. Uh, He has a very interesting story, though. His his mom was a persecuted Christian. His mom, he was born in Togo. His mom is from Togo. Her father was a mullah. He was the leader of the local mosque, uh, and when she became a believer, her father actually said to the other members of the family, "I want the honor of killing her myself." That—that that was his mom, and so he kind of has that in his DNA. And, and he talks a little bit about that of of seeing his mom, seeing his parents go through persecution, Ooh. and now here he is doing gospel work in Nigeria, uh, where persecution is is a common occurrence as well. So it's it's a great conversation. I'm looking forward to people hearing it on Sunday.
2: That is just wow. Wow. So I want to encourage everybody right now, set an alarm on your phone 8:30 on Sunday evening right here on Moody Radio, Indiana. Also, uh, you can make your appointment listening because you can uh, find that also at VOM Radio. Dot com, and you just need to go there. And you can play the weekly episodes right off of the site there and learn more. But Todd, uh, as Kelly had mentioned, we would love for you to lead us in prayer for the persecuted church as we close things out today.
1: Let's pray together. Father, we lift up our brothers and sisters who suffer for the name of Jesus. We thank you for their example. We thank you for their boldness. Uh, Lord, help us also to be bold where we are in sharing our faith and talking to people about Jesus. And Lord, uh, I think of Christians in India right now. and Lord, as we lead into this election season, I just pray for your will to be done in the election. I pray for godly leaders to be voted in in India, uh, and and we pray for protection for our Christian brothers and sisters there. Lord, as we think about the Maldives, I I just pray there are so few Christians. I pray that you will uh, give them encouragement and give them strength and give them boldness. And Lord, we pray that that your word would be translated into the Maldivian language. We pray for protection, uh, spiritual protection, physical protection, emotional protection for the people who are involved in that translation process, that you would just have your hand over them and that you would bring about fruit for the work that they're doing the Bible, your holy word available to Maldivian people in the language of their hearts, in the language uh, of their spirits. We just pray that that process uh, can be completed, uh, and we pray again for much fruit. Lord, thank you for our nation. Thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy. Help us never to take them for granted, uh, but again, to be bold in, in sharing your love with the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen.
2: Amen, brother. Thank you so much. I want to encourage people, go online, vomradio.com, but then also get the magazine. All you need to do is subscribe, and you will get that. Uh, there is the prayer guide right now as well. You can get the Global Prayer Journal. And all of that is going to be found at persecution.com.
0: Mm-hmm. And there are ways that you can support Voice of the Martyrs as well. Todd, thank you. Um, I guess we'll be talking with you again in a couple of weeks. Until then, uh, take care and be blessed, brother.
1: Thank you so much. You guys have a great weekend. You, uh, you too. as well.
2: Trending topics. Cultural commentary. Biblical insights. Practical advice. It's Mornings with Kelly and Steve.